And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant. Tuesday, as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God. First, too often when God does show up, we cry out, It's a ghost! It's a ghost! Which shows how little we actually believe he is always with us. But look how Jesus responds to Peter, who is willing to take a risk. Jesus says, Go for it. Unfortunately, too many people avoid ministry and ministering for fear of failure. But trying our best before the Lord also counts. Doing nothing and trying nothing does not count. Next, faith booster time. How can we tell we are operating in the lower gauge of our faith fuel? By the self-testimony of saying to others and to ourselves... Well, we only have... That was Marvin the Martian, by the way. Well, we only have... Those words declare our lack of faith. It's right there where we brothers and sisters drop the ball and think of the almighty and all-powerful God in very, very small images. And finally, I have reading glasses. I've had them since I was younger. Like 15 years. I know that some people are very blessed not to need them. Praise the Lord for you. But I need a little extra help just to see clearly in this earthly journey. I also know that every one of us needs seeing glasses that come from the Lord. No, they're not for reading. But they are for understanding God's heart and mind. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Don't call that phone number because I cannot answer it. You can also call this number where Captain Chris is standing by, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call that number, then Captain Chris will answer the phone and you'll be sailing in the right direction. Here's what those calls and the emails and the texts are for. They're for you. Okay, I can get up here and talk for hours and hours and hours. But for your benefit, as well as for the benefit of the family, 
family an opportunity to share a praise report, to get some collective prayer, an opportunity to ask a question, to make a comment, to just share, just to rattle some of the things that are going on in your brain. That's what these communications are for as well as even Bible trivia to keep the brain sharp. Here's your first Bible trivia question. Who plotted to get Lot drunk? Now, I did not say who plotted to get a Lot drunk. We'll be seeing that, I'm sure, on Wednesday night or Thursday. What I'm talking about is in the Bible, and I'm not approving that. Uh, What we're talking about in the Bible, who's who plotted to get Lot drunk? drunk. It was a plot. Uh, If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And as well, like we said, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Okay. I know there's something I'm supposed to do, but I can hardly ever remember it in the first segment. It's just like my brain is out. Uh, I need prayer. We need prayer on a couple things. By the way, if you go to the website, you're going to find out that on the current website, there's a link for the new website. You might as well click on it because in another 24 to 36 hours, the new website will be active. And that will be the end of that. I just want to make sure people understand that when you're giving, it's the same process. If you're giving through the website, it just looks cooler. Well, I think it looks cooler. Uh, If you have a prayer request that you want to ask, go to the website, put in the information. We can keep it public or private. It's entirely up to you. Uh, That's the big thing. And I would ask everybody who is listening to my voice to be praying for the radio audience as everybody is going into the holidays. Uh, Many people enjoy the holidays. There's no problem uh, for most people. But some people, it really has a lot of conflict. And you really want to ask the Lord just to kind of pour his grace upon all of those people and all those situations. In the meantime, let me get to this text. Again, the question is, who plotted to get Lot drunk? Okay? Okay. That's the question. All right? Anything else? No? Okay. Good? Doing good? Got a long week this week, don't you? Really? A little bit. You'll be working like at four. How late do you work when you do the the shows? Do you work like till eight, nine, ten? Nine, nine thirty. Uh, you get in early, don't you? What time do you get in? Six. <laughs> Yaza. Anybody who wants to complain, just talk to Captain Chris. Here you go, Matthew chapter 4, verse 26 through 30. One of my favorites. We've taught it before. We'll teach it again. We believe in repetition. That's why there's four Gospels. We don't apologize for it. We encourage it. But when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea, they were terrified. They didn't know it was Jesus. They were terrified. And they said, it's a ghost. (laughs) It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Now I want to back up because a lot of people miss this and I get a little, uh, I don't get irritated, but I, I, when people say something about scripture that's not true, it, it, it's one of those things that's like, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Okay. All right. Jesus is the only person that walked on water. No. Watch. No. Verse 29, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. 
I don't know how you get any clearer. See Dick run. See Jane run. See Dick and Jane run. Right? Peter walked on the water. How many people walked on the water? For sure, these two. Right? There's nothing, you know, you can talk to me about Elijah later on. Okay, that's not the discussion we're having. Here's the deal. Initially, when Jesus shows up, it freaked his own disciples out. I don't care what you say to me in all of these realms. When God shows up, you're like, whoa. (laughs) Because it's like, it's not the norm. It's not like God sends you a note in the mail and goes, hi, I'm going to be doing this miracle in your life in about 72 hours. And uh, when it happens, don't freak out and everything's fine. That's not how that works. God goes, bam. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? And if his own disciples thought it was spooky, I'm just going with, man, that must have been something else. This is already Matthew 14. Jesus is already deep in this, right? But instead of Jesus getting mad, and everybody thinks that God gets mad at him when they do something Peterish, which Peterish means the way that Peter does it. <laughs> so they think God's got like upset. It's like that's not like it's not like, oh, it's like we're puppies and we get all frantic. And if anybody's got a puppy, you know, look, the puppy doesn't know. The puppy is, like, trying to figure out life, right? Well, God's aware we're like puppies. So instead of freaking out, Jesus says, take heart. It's me. Don't be afraid. So one of the things that we do or we process is when the Lord allows something or does something or shows up and it's spooky, we get all freaked out. And I got news for you. When they said it's a ghost, they weren't thinking, oh, boy, it's a ghost. Ghost, let's see what happens. Let's like make a movie, Ghostbusters. Let's just, let's, that, was, that was happening. They were freaking out. They were very afraid. They cried out in fear. They were afraid of what was going to happen. Here's Jesus' response to them being afraid. Take heart. Chill out. It's me. Don't be afraid. And for those of you that are going through it and you can't figure out what's going on and it looks like a ghost, take heart. It's him. Don't be afraid. And Peter was like, well, okay. <laughs> this is what we love about Peter. If it's you, <laughs> this is what I, if it's you, command me to come on the water. And Jesus said, come. And what I want you to catch is Peter was willing to try. And he went for it. And for a while, he was doing it. He saw the wind and the waves, and his faith left. And Jesus was so close by grace, he picked him right up. But he was like, I, if that's really you, I want to walk on water. Jesus goes, come on. Water's fine. Come check it out. Jesus encourages risk from his disciples. Get out of the boat. That's what he wants you to do. Okay? All right, the answer to the trivia question in regards to who were the plotters who were trying to get Lot drunk, and that would be, ladies and gentlemen, his very own daughters. His two daughters did that. That is not very nice of them, is it? All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> so guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table. And somehow fell on the the carpet and spread everywhere and by golly i wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility well i'm not taking personal responsibility after all that 500 dollars deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> and it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me check with Captain Chris. How am I doing in lieu of what's going on? Not too bad, right? Remarkably well. But it's like, can you believe it? So for those that don't know, my very own school that I have been at for the last, what is it? It's like two years. The last two years uh, is not sure... Uh, how to go forward for my doctorate because <laughs> I'm apparently the only person who's done the cohort in strategic Christian ministry. And so I've uh, made several proposals and written many, many papers, and they're all like, great, 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 great. And today they went, well, we're not sure that you can do this. So I'm working through that. So be in prayer for me because the person I feel the sorriest for out of all of this whole thing, besides the professor, is Noel. Because she's the one I'll tell every ounce of feeling I have to. So you really need to pray that the Lord gives her a, a buffer. Okay? All right. 
All right. Let's see if you guys can get this next trivia question. A very interesting one. Um, and I might play the horn a little. That's a kind of a semi-warning. Let's play the horn. All right, there's a reason I did that, but I can't tell you why. I'm going to give you the chance to figure it out. How many people were in the crowd when Jesus said, they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat? How many people were in the crowd when Jesus said, they've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat? And, of course, Jesus doing that flies in the face of many social programs saying, oh, how would you like to skip a meal? And here Jesus is like, well, they've been with me for three days, and they haven't eaten. <laughs> okay, so apparently Jesus doesn't follow the typical uh, methodology. But how many people? How many people? There is a number. There is a number. Okay? Besides women and children. There's a number. Okay, that's that's all I'm gonna. I can't give it to you. Everybody was. I got. You've got. There's a reason the horn was played. There's a reason the horn was played. If you think you know the answer, uh, you can call nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero, or you can text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three, or you can send an email David at he must increase dot org. Kirk is the first person to get it correctly, and so she'll be acknowledged. In the meantime, I've got two jokes. Not one, but two. And Deb comes in, and Eric comes in. Now everybody's coming in, and they're getting the picture. Let me get to the joke. Ready? Uh, in Genesis 2. In the middle of a children's sermon, the pastor—oh, somebody's calling in. The pastor was telling the preschoolers that God makes trees— and water, and apples, and cherries. And in fact, the pastor was telling them God makes everything. Immediately, one little boy spoke up and said, God doesn't make my bed. Yes? No? All right, he gives it to me. That's because I'm. That's because you're being. What do you give me two? Was that an accident? The second one. The second one was an accident. It doesn't count, folks. Sorry. All right. Do we have somebody ready to answer the trivia question? All right. Now I, I warned them. So wait. wait. They're disappeared. They're not on the. They're not on the board. <laughs> what is going on? It's, that's the day. All I'm right. Go home now. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, then I'm going to do the top ten reasons God created Eve. <laughs> See, like that one, huh? Whoever called and then got disconnected, just call back. Again, the trivia question is, how many people were in the crowd when Jesus said, they've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat? The big key there is the three days and have nothing to eat. That'll tell you how many people, if you look it up in your Bible. Guessing is not bad, though. It's always encouraged. Here's the top ten reasons that God created Eve. If you take offense to this, go build a field around it with your fence. Okay? All right. God worried that Adam would always be lost in the garden because men hate asking for directions. That's number 10. Number 9, God knew that Adam would one day need someone to hand him the TV remote. Uh, men don't want to see what's on TV. They want to see what else is on TV. Okay. Uh, number 8, God knew that Adam would never buy a new fig leaf 
when his seat wore out and would therefore need Eve to get one for him. Okay. God knew that Adam would never make a doctor's appointment for himself. See, you could just put Noel's name right there. Noel knew Dave would never make a doctor's appointment for himself. That would be highly accurate. God knew that Adam would never remember what night the garbage goes out. God knew that if the world was to be populated, man would never be able to handle the childbearing. You ain't kidding. Uh, as keepers of the garden, Adam would never remember where he put his tools. The scripture account of creation indicates Adam needed someone to blame his troubles on when he got caught hiding in the garden. That is also true. As the Bible says, it's not good for man to be alone. That's number two. And the number one reason. The God that God uh, created Eve. When God finished the creation of Adam, he stepped back, scratched his head, and said, "Let's give this creation thingy another try." <laughs> Come on, those are funny. If that stuff offends you, wow! Shut off all television. Never go on the internet. Never go outside the house. Okay. Uh, we ready for a teach? And so we still haven't heard. No. Okay. Simple, simple question, but it is, it is a challenge. I want you guys to know that. How many people were in the crowd when Jesus said they've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat? There can only be two basic answers to what that number is. This is besides women and children. There's only two major answers. If you're not sure, just guess. You do your best you can. Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. They said unto him, when he wanted to feed the people, by the way. I'm not going to tell you how many people. This is a separate issue, by the way. Separate deal. This happened more than once. We only have five loaves and two fish. Now, let me just say something real quickly. That statement seems so innocent, but it's not. When we approach the Lord, we often say, we only have. See, right there, right there. Stop. We only have. It doesn't matter what you fill in after that. No faith, watch this, you'll love this line. No faith makes only a very lonely thing and fails to add God into the equation. Let me ask you a question. If you have five loaves and two fish and God, how many people could you feed? Now watch this. If you have $20 and you need $1,000 and you only have 20 and that's what you say, or if you say, I have $20 and God, how much can I have here? The difference is when we're saying we only have is we're limiting our faith to ourselves and to people around us. We're expressing it to our very, our very own selves. That we only have this and there's nothing else that can be done. But you see, what God tries to teach people throughout Scripture is he can do what he wants. And then people will say, well, what are you trying to say? He can get water out of a rock? That is exactly what he did for the children of Israel, specifically twice. Water out of a rock. You can't get water out of a rock. God can. That's the whole point. And so when we have this, we only have attitude, we squeeze that right down to a little thimble and say, okay, God, you can do it from this little thimble right here. Instead of having a reality that God is the creator of the universe and can take anything we do have and multiply it in such a way 
as to be able to have an abundance of. Getting that? Now, I just picked up in my own brain how that we're talking about this in this story, and there's a close connection to the, to the, the, the feeding scenario. I just think that's kind of funny. But the idea behind this is very simple. When you say, I, can, I, I only can do this or I only have this, okay, I understand that. There's a, self, um, a self-inventory that takes place. I'm not saying that having an idea of what you have is, is, is a bad thing. But, but not allowing God into the picture is a limiting thing. It makes what you have the beginning and the end versus Jesus, who's the beginning and the end. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. When we say, oh, we only have, we just put Alpha and Omega on that thing. And there's nothing more or nothing less that can come from it. And that's our own lack of faith. That's our own, I don't want to say uh, um, idiocy, because I feel great that I'm just like all the other disciples. I go, I don't get it. You know, it's like, (laughs) I I love that because it makes me understand that this is a process that many people go through. And I want you to be uh, a pushing past the I only have or we only have. And you push past that by making sure that you see that exact same picture with God in it. You can look at your bank account all you want and think, oh, there's no way. I'm just going to say this because people know. There's no way it could ever, you know, God could ever do that. To this day, I know not who did this, but I had $150 and needed $1,000. And I went to take out the $150, and the lady goes, is that all you want? And I said, that's all I have. She goes, no, you got $1,500 in here. I'm like, no, I don't. I got, she goes, no, nope, you got $1,500 in here. I'm like, no. She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'll take $1,150. It's like, and you think, no, that can't happen. Happens, I, I will tell you one other time, okay? Went to a Bible study for the first time. Noel, I a really tough financial situation. I said, well, we just need prayer for finances. We're just, I mean, it's just something that I'm going through. And I'll probably share with you next segment what the whole thing is about. And you know what? This lady had the Holy Spirit tell her, write them a check. And as we walked out, she gave it to us and said it's from the Lord. It covered everything we needed. How's that? Okay. Uh, by the way, the answer is 4,000. How many people did Jesus feed? 4,000, not the 5,000 one, the 4,000 one. There you go. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to share some very personal stuff in this next segment. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know, Tell me the show's all about you. Well, this segment is. <laughs> okay. not about the show, but I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints. You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. 
uh, pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique interpretations in Scripture, and they think that it applies to all processes. So somebody actually said to a member at our station, you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because Paul says you can't do it in 2 Corinthians. And then it's like, "Eh, wrong answer. This is why we do the thing called read. That's always fun. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from. It's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I used, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs really needs to like relax. I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. If Jesus was like me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I almost messed up my own name. (laughs) What's going on, Dave? I can't say my name. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let's get ready for our next trivia question. I have a feeling this is the enemy is not happy. That's all I'm going to say. Enemy is not happy. Okay? Uh, This is for those of you that are feeling a little pushed in from the uh, first things I said. What food and drink did Melchizedek bring when he blessed Abram? What food and drink did Melchizedek bring when he blessed Abram? Abram. Most people are looking to figure out, well, what can I bring to bless Thanksgiving dinner? Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not saying that's an exact correlation. Everybody relax. Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then additionally, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And again, again, and again, I will remind you, uh, to if you're a website person, if you ever use anything on our website, especially in the giving side of things, in the next 24 to 36 hours, the website going to be changing. Changing, changing, changing. So we encourage you to go look at the old website, smile at it, say, wow, 
he thinks aliens are coming in like three months or something, you know, that kind of thing, and then say goodbye-bye because when it comes to Thanksgiving time, the new uh, site will be active and will be flying uh, in the air. So I'm just encouraging people, uh, especially from a giving point of view, go check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, dokey, okay, dokey, artichoke. Okay, so our, a lot of people are getting this right, by the way. Uh, what food and drink did Melchizedek bring when he blessed Abram? That's the question that's asked. If you think you know, you can reach out to us via phone or via text or via email. The phone, 972-445-0770. The text, 214-210-8483. Email david at hemusincrease.org. We will do our history, and then we will do something we've never done before. Wow. All right, let's play the history music. Let's go let's in the past. Let's go let's in the past. All right, just to let Chris know that button is still on upside down that I put on there. <laughs> I knocked the button off one of the things here and then I put it back on, but I put it on upside down. That's pretty funny. Uh, today is Eat a Cranberry Day. I, I don't know. I mean, I know cranberry, right, Thanksgiving, right? But eat a cranberry day? I mean, do you eat it like you eat an ear of corn? I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> National Cashew Day. That's okay. Uh, I like cashews. I mean, I like the nuts when they're out there. National Espresso Day. I don't drink. I drink coffee. I'm not. If it's an espresso, I wouldn't even know. So he says, well, how do you know it's espresso? It goes fast. It's very espressy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not that smart. And then this. Now, I know some people get offended, but I've told you a thousand times I'm a sci-fi fan. I mean, you can't listen to the show and not know that. I put Battlestar plans on the website, the old website, uh, for you to look at if you wanted to build a Battlestar. Okay? So, I mean, come on. Uh, Today is Doctor Who Day, which is like, I like that. It's also known as TARDIS Day. And for those that don't know what that means, I can't help you. I'm not even going to go down that road. But it's Doctor Who It's bigger on the inside. Yeah. It's bigger on the inside. (laughs) I'm not even going to tell you the joke that's coming. We'll go. We'll count that later. Uh, here's something that you do need to know. 1897, I say the pencil sharpener was patented. <laughs> it's not that it was invented; it was patented. Somebody thought, "Has anybody got a patent on this?" Okay, I sharpen it. I'll sharpen it. Uh, 1919, on this day, first play-by-play radio broadcast of a U.S. football game, Texas A&M beat University of Texas seven to nothing, a hundred and twenty-one, or a hundred and two years ago today. Isn't that that's amazing? Uh, 1936, the first issue of Life magazine hit the newsstand. 1937, the last issue. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and then, uh, is there anything else really on this? Oh, yeah, 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 this one's good. Uh, 1984, Boston College quarterback Doug Flutie, you guys remember, throws the long game-winning pass to defeat University of Miami. It is one of the most famous plays in American college football history. Do you know what they call that play? The Hail Mary. They do. It's because you just threw that there. It's like, threw it up there. It's like, hey, man. They won. It's amazing, isn't it? And that was back in the 30s? Uh... <laughs> Well, it wasn't back in the 30s. Don't talk to me. <laughs> back in the 30s. 
All right. Last on the trivia question, uh, uh, Captain Chris will remind me on this. What food and drink did Melchizedek bring when he blessed Abram? Okay. Let's just have a little heart-to-heart. I still have my very last thing I'm going to do. It's a Pastor Ray thing. Where It's a really good one, so you want to hang out for that. But... So uh, the school daily is, I don't know really know what to say. I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to have to trust the Lord. I'm going to talk to Noelle before I do anything else because she's the one that's got to hear it first. And she's not going to respond real well to it because she's going to go, for the last two years, she's going to go, what? I mean, that's going to be the first line I hear. And uh, I'm going to have to end up talking to the school, find out what's going on. But they have never had anybody choose the Strategic Christian Ministry cohort before. I did, and I wanted to do radio and got that approved and wrote, literally wrote 30 credits worth of classes in papers. I mean, you're talking about 25 and 30 pages of paper. And uh, But what I was trying to do uh, in, the, in the whole thing was to expand the radio ministry. That was the goal that we had. Uh, we love that we have it. We just want to expand it. We don't want to change anything in it but to have it grow. Okay, so we want we want uh, whether it's more time or more outreach or we're, you know whatever however that looks. So that was the the premise that I went under. Okay, in that process, as Noel and I reviewed it, and you know we prayed about it, and I prayed a lot about it. Um, one of the difficulties always comes in for us is the finances. It's just one of the things that happens. So I want to share kind of confessional share why this is such an issue and what the problem is. When I first became a Christian, my dad offered me a boatload of money to come back to Detroit, Michigan, and go into the family business. He essentially, in 1979, offered me $6 million cash and a condominium and a CEO position in his company. Okay, But I was young, right? It was, actually, it was, it was, it was, actually, it was 81, so I was wrong about the date. 80. Sorry. It's right in that 79, 80 range. I said, no. I said, Jesus wants me to stay in Phoenix. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, he was really mad. <laughs> and uh, and this is, you have to understand, that amount of money now is worth about $138 million. I'm just being telling to, to, to So I've always uh, had uh, a pretty good confidence that God would take care of me. Once I was, I took a season off of ministry, I got involved in fundraising for private ventures. Okay, And in that, I got involved in one private venture, invested some of my money. I didn't have a lot of money and tripled it. And I was like, wow, that's cool. So that I thought was cool. And the person knew how to do it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can make money. People can make money. So I had people invest in future deals that this person put together. And not one of them ever came to pass after that first one. Now, the first one was real, came to pass, the whole deal. All the rest of them went, <laughs> and I have always felt bad and been prayed ten thousand times, asked God's forgiveness, asked Him to make me a billionaire so I can pay all those people a hundred times back. But I've always felt bad about that because of money. It's a money issue, and that we took other people's money and tried to make these things happen. It worked once. I saw it work. I was a part of it. it wasn't a sham or anything like that. But after that, they couldn't get it to work. And it was just like all the people's money that we took after that, all of them got hurt. And it's just like, I hate that. I hate that. It's one of the things that I hate with a passion, which is why I hate asking for money now. It's like I just don't like it. 
It just makes me squirm about how it made me feel before. I'm confessing it to you so you guys can know. There's nothing, no filter, no plans. There's no notes here. I'm just sharing with you. And so it's hard for me to ask you guys for money. I know the principle of giving, so you don't have to, oh, but Dave, the principle of giving. But God and I have had this really bizarre giving relationship, not anti-biblical or anything, but, but the one time I told the Lord, I'm not giving. I don't care. I'm not giving. I'm so mad at you. I'm not giving within I'm not kidding. Within two weeks, I had received a long-lost inheritance of 60-some-odd thousand dollars. And I said, keep it up. Keep it up, you know, because <laughs> it's like I'll just keep not giving. You just keep me $60,000 all the time. Now, this is 25, almost 30 years ago. My point in telling you this is it's hard for me to ask you for money, which is why we have the commercials that we do. Right? I don't ever want anybody not to be ministered to because they can't give. I hate that. But I also hate asking for money. And I hate thinking I might have to tell Don, well, buddy, you know what I'm saying? I don't like any of it. In fact, I told Noel, uh, uh, I just, in the economy of God, I just can't stand money. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's not the love of money. I have a hate for it. I have a just dislike because it hurt people in the past. No, I don't want that. Now, when people are giving, they're investing in the kingdom. And I have faith in that, and I believe that, okay? So that that's not that I don't think that's real. But it hurts to still go through it. It's like a reminder every time I mention it. And you don't think I need prayer for that? Who do you think's the biggest obstacle to our ministry receiving funds? I am. Because I hate it. I'm the one that doesn't like it. I wish the Lord would go, here, here's a billion dollars. Do what you want. Like, okay. <laughs> Right? Because I would just keep doing this, only I would just do it on 9,000 stations. That's all. Uh, But the point is, you need to know what I'm going through so you can be praying for me, because I don't know what to do, except for pursue the Lord in it and ask for help. Same thing I tell all of you on a regular basis. All right, the trivia question uh, for Melchizedek, what did he bring to bless Abraham? The answer would be bread and wine. And I'm not talking about whining. I'm talking about wine. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. 
on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. As promised, we are going to now uh, have our interview with the Apostle Peter. We were fortunate uh, enough to have an interview a couple weeks back with an angel from heaven, and now we've been given permission from the powers on high to go ahead and have an interview with the Apostle Peter. Peter, thank you so much for uh, taking the time for whatever's going on there in the heavenly realms and uh, talking to us. Well, Dave, you're welcome. I'm real glad to see that people are carrying on the work of loving our Lord Jesus Christ and advancing the kingdom. And I'm very, very, very pleased to see that the radio station is moving forward in advancing the Lord Jesus Christ in his lordship, both in uh, personal lives and in corporate lives. It's a great thing for me to see. Well, thank you, Peter. Uh, That's great. And uh, so I guess I want to ask you some basic questions. I'm really breaking this uh, interview down into two separate sections. The first section is kind of before the resurrection, and the second section is kind of after the resurrection, after the ascension. Okay, Dave, that'll be fine. I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, Probably unknown to you is that uh, we know exactly where this is going. Well, Peter, I don't want to say that that's kind of scary, but okay. Here's uh, my first question to you, sir. Uh, What are you absolutely the most proud of as a disciple and as an apostle of Jesus Christ? Well, David, that's a great question. The thing that I am absolutely the most proud of was the moment that Jesus asked all of us to identify who he really was. And it was at that moment that I was able to say that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's the actual rock that the church has been built on. I think some people thought that the rock might have been me myself, but it was my confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It is that statement of faith that the church has been built upon and that the gates of hell have never nor will ever prevail against. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. And that's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Some people are having a problem with the app. If you are having an in and out on the app, I would encourage you to use the website or turn in your tune in your AM radio or just go through the replay. <laughs> There's nothing else I can come up with on that one. Anyway, so I shared my heart, and I left it there, and uh, it's the best I can do on that one. Here is the next trivia question. Are you ready? All right. All right, you ready? No, no, are you ready? I want to make sure you're ready. Okay, all right. Who was commanded to eat bread while he laid for 390 days on his side? Who was commanded to eat bread while he lay for 390 days on his side? Think Old Testament prophet. Okay, there you go. That's my little hint. It's like a gift, right? Okay. 
Joy Ann and Cordelia coming up right off the bat. Very good. Good guess. That's what I would say on that one. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call in. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. If you did not get a chance to hear what I shared in the last segment because of any interference, I can promise you that's just Satan trying to mess things up, please listen to the podcast that will be up later today. And it's usually, usually Kevin Chris puts it up right away. I just can't add the um, description until I get home, which uh, will be later today because I have physical therapy. Yay! Yay, Dave and his leg! Okay. <laughs> All right, somebody's calling in. Yay, Dave and his leg! I had a chance to share again with somebody. They're like, well, what did you do? Whose life did you save? I saved the life, the life of a paper towel because I slipped on the tile. Uh, <laughs> is somebody ready to answer a trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is your friend, Samson. How are you? I'm doing all right, Samson. How are you doing? I'm feeling a little under the weather, but uh, I'm okay. All right. I I feel your trousers. I feel your pain, my brother. I can just tell you that. I can, yeah. I can tell you that. All right. Who was commanded to eat bread while he lay for 390 days on his side? I think uh, it was Ezekiel. That is correct, Amanda! Ezekiel was the guy... And that was the the big hint was that it's in the one Old Testament prophet. You think about the prophets, you think, well, they did some weird stuff, and Zechariah had some weird stuff in his, but nothing like Ezekiel. I read Ezekiel, and I think, this reminds me of my drug days. I mean, that's just, you know, it's just weird stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. Like, when the Lord tells you to walk naked, so yeah. how are you going to, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> You know what you you know what you do you do what the Lord says the best you yeah. can and then you just surrender it and go there it is it's all I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I cool. want you to keep praying for me because we have a little bit of a hiccup mm-hmm. in our school, so that's going to be an interesting situation. They're trying to figure out whether or not they can go forward on my doctorate. So uh, mm-hmm. even though I'm at the end of it, I find that to be an interesting challenge. So please keep me in prayer. I'd pr- greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We are praying. I appreciate that, my brother. I really do. All right. right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, and uh, I'll be praying for all of you. Amen. And everybody needs it, and they'll be praying for you as well. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's do We got a Pastor Ray sharing. Do we have anything else we're going to cover? We've covered pretty much everything, folks, so just... You know, hang in there. We got, uh, now don't forget, and I tell people, because Dave, you're not supposed to tell people this. So Thursday and Friday, I won't be there. Now, but I did pick two, two really good best of. You might not have heard it, unless you listen to the show every day, and then you need therapy. Uh, so anyhow, uh, that'll be for Thursday and Friday. We'll be back uh, to normal on Monday. Is that normal? Or do we do normal? We don't do normal. Here is Ray's uh, devotional called Truth and Reality. You ready? All right. Remember the Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, remember him, before the silver cord is severed and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. King Solomon, the brilliant, wise, and wealthy king of Israel, struggled in spite of his many blessings. 
Josephus, the Jewish historian, summed up Solomon's life saying, and so he died ingloriously. Josephus saw Solomon as a once brilliant and glorious life come to ruin, ending pathetically and tragically. But the Solomon I met through scripture is quite different. Surrounded by his success, he saw this inglorious end looming ahead. He tried to believe his riches were God's blessing, but he knew his wealthy trappings had become a shabby symbol of his sorrow and emptiness. As he began writing the personal confessions, poetry, and philosophy that became the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon was ready to deal with the truth. Ecclesiastes is Solomon's confession of failure. It's a great, great line, by the way, theologically. Ecclesiastes is Solomon's confession of failure and his triumph over despair. He understood now that earthly desires men cherish are mere shadows of reality and truth. Even the great chase for the prizes of life and the pursuit of happiness become an empty illusion. Solomon portrays the endless cycle of futility that plagues humanity. We can rationalize, we can refine our pursuit of happiness, use philosophy, but the result is the same. Vanity of vanities, Solomon cried. All is vanity. All of it. Work, wisdom, righteousness, wealth, prestige, power, pleasure, even youth and vigor. It's all smoke and vapor, a passing wind. Have you thought these thoughts? Have you feared that your life will produce nothing of lasting value or fulfillment? If you imagine yourself approaching the end of your life, would you be doing what you're doing now? Do you have regrets? If you have ever felt that sense of futility, if your heart aches with spiritual sorrow, you're in the very place Solomon found himself. In spite of Ecclesiastes' pessimistic and cynical tone, it's an honest exploration of truth and reality. The truth Solomon presents is not always pretty, but it's tempered by love and, more importantly, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I see a man who is in his life clearly, perhaps for the first time, seeing his life clearly. From the vantage point of old age, he recognizes his failures and repents of his shortcomings. Drawing on a storehouse of wisdom, he directs us, then compels us to surrender to the only truth that will set us free. The conclusion of the whole matter, he wrote, is to fear God and keep his commandments. We don't have to wait until old age. Jesus promises us abundant life in John 10.10. Solomon learned where true abundance lies. He found hope, meaning, and faith once again by humbling himself and surrendering to his creator. Wow! I mean, that is just... You know, I want to be a Christian too, like Ray one day. I'm telling you, this guy, with all these eschatological books, but his devotions are just out of this world. There's just such a great truth to what he's saying in in so many ways and how he approaches it. Solomon was very cynical, but figured out at the end, you know what? It all, it doesn't matter. Because he's going to die, and you know what the, the reality check is? Just like Job said, just like Paul wrote to Timothy, you brought nothing in, you're taking nothing out. Period. That's it. You brought nothing into this world, you take nothing with you when you go. 
but you will still meet your Creator when it's, when it's said and done. Remember, the Spirit returns to God who gave it. And so the biggest, greatest, wisest thing that all of us can do is to just do exactly what that summation is. Fear God and keep his commandments. Have respect, awe, appreciation, a worshipfulness, a humility before God. And keep his commandments, which Jesus summarized us for us in two ways and then added a third. The first two ways, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he gave them a new commandment and said, love one another. And that's the third that people hardly ever talk about, which is kind of unfortunate. Bottom line is that spirit, that attitude, that humility, that is why Solomon, well, he'll be there. I mean, just the idea that he won't be there? Nah, he'll be there. But the idea behind it is to just have the right spirit before the Lord in it, right? Okay. Uh, so there's a couple things to tell you. You're getting like one more warning. <laughs> and the warning is that website that we have currently is going to change. I didn't say the new website was super duper fantastic. But it is a, fa mac a fact of the matter that I built most of it. And if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> Because it's a lot better than the first website, and it doesn't look like Martians are going to land and take over, which kind of is a good idea to have as a website. You can still give through it. You can still participate. You can still reach out to us. We're not going to stop praying. I do want people to be a little bit more prepared for what's coming for this week if there's any kind of family warfare. Be aware that beyond men's capacity for warfare, spiritual warfare is much more real and much more um, much more impacting for you, okay? Keep it, keep it aware. Stay focused. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, and love one another. That's the commands. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.